Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to the show. This is Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm your host, Jeff Trenopole, and as always, I'm bringing you sports from a west side point of view right here in the great city of Cincinnati, Ohio, home of the Cincinnati Reds. All right, guys, if you found the show, smash that thumbs up button, hit that like and subscribe button, because I am adding people. I'm getting I am up to 659 subscribers. That is awesome. Let's try to keep it rolling. Get to 700 as fast as we can. Now, this show and every show is brought to you by T-Properties. T-Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out their website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. Okay, before I get into the topic today, I kind of want to rehash a little bit of what I was talking about yesterday. Kind of clarify, I guess, what I was saying. Because a lot of people on Bengals Nation comment on just the title of the show. I don't know if they actually watched it. So, okay. The title was, How is Ohio State Ranked Higher Than the University of Cincinnati? My point was, this is not preseason. It's not a preseason poll. They are actually playing games. I mean, University of Cincinnati will have played almost four games, maybe five games before the Big Ten even plays. My point is, how what are they ranking Ohio State on? Now, people say, oh, they're ranking them on, you know, if you head to head against UC, they'll beat them. That's, that's fine. They haven't played a game yet. <laughs> you can't rank anybody. How are you going to rank Ohio State? over UC or any other team when Ohio State hasn't played a game yet. That's all I'm saying. Now, I understand. They play a game, sure, they're going to rank them above us. They'll probably kick our butt. I understand that. I just think it's silly and stupid that rank these teams when they haven't played. That's all I was saying. Everybody's like, well, it's Ohio State. They're better than Buffalo. Like, hey, I'm an Ohio State fan. You know, I, I like Ohio State. But, you know, I just don't understand how they're ranked higher than UC right now when they haven't played a game. That's all I'm saying. All right, let's get into the topics for today. I don't know about you guys, but I didn't see this coming. Dick Williams has stepped down as the president of baseball operations for the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, I was just reading stuff from him yesterday saying how disappointed he was in the season and how they're going to make changes. You know, he's talking about the coaching staff, it's going to stay the same and all this stuff. Now, all of a sudden, he steps down. So, it's kind of interesting. Uh, but uh, Williams stepped down after five seasons. Now, Williams, whose family owns a stake in the club, is looking to spend more time with his family. Uh, here's a statement from Williams. I don't ex expect everyone to understand my choice, but my situation is unique. I have a family business other than the Reds. That means a lot to me. I have four young kids. And I need to spend more time with them. I have had... An exhilarating 15 years, meaning with the Reds organization. And we have given our team some great opportunities to win. The ultimate prize has eluded us, and I harbor more disappointment than anyone can possibly imagine. But I have thrived under the platform of our family business. So all I say is best wish, best luck. To him, you got to enjoy your kids when they're young. You know, I always live my life, God, family, work. So I understand where he's coming from as far as that go. I just, 
find it oddly unique um, to, you know, be posted it on reds.com uh, that, you know, they're going to make change or, or not going to make changes. They're going to try to, you know, improve the offense and all this stuff. And then, you know, a couple of days later, he's stepping down. So I, I have no insight for information. It would just be pure speculation on my part of why he's doing it. But, you know, you got to take the man's word for it, you know, of what, what he said. Now, next question is, all right, who are the top candidates? Well, of course, you got Nick Crawl, the Reds GM. Uh, he has just completed his 18th season in the organization. Now, that would be an easy move. He's already in the organization. He works closely with Dick Williams. You could move him up uh, as Duro because Dick Williams had that at one time. He was the GM and the president. So you could do that with Nick Crawl if you want. Uh, but uh, there's some other options that have been thrown out there. You have Michael Hill of the Marlins. He's the president of baseball operations there. Hill is in his seventh season in his current title. Now that would be, it would be, you know, Crawl would stay at GM and he'd make Hill the president. That's a guy who's already been a president. He's been running uh, the baseball operations. He's been doing it for seven years. So he's pretty, you know, pretty vetted and, and should know what he's doing. I mean, hey, the Marlins went farther than the Reds did. So now this one's near and dear to my heart. This is uh, just because he's a, a Cincy boy, you know, Tim Naring. Uh, Naring is the Yankees vice president of baseball operations. Uh, Naring joined the Yankees in the fall of 2007. And in his seven seasons, or in his seventh season, sorry, as the, uh, you know, BP um, vice president of baseball operations. Now, Naring, like I said, he's a, a Cincy boy and he's a graduate of, from LaSalle High School in 1985. He would be interesting. You know, we always have heart for, you know, the Cincinnati guys. I mean, that's one thing I was liked about hiring David Bell because he's, he's from Cincinnati. He knows the culture. He knows, you know, how much the Reds mean to people around here. But then he started managing them, and I'm not so much I, <laughs> not sure how much I want him as a manager. All right. Tim says hiring outside the organization, bring in some new philosophies. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, you could do that. That's to say you got, I mean, the only one they've said as far as the list that I saw uh, from inside is, is crawl. Uh, another one you got here is Matt Arnold. He's the Brewers GM Arnold. Now this is interesting. This is where he, other organizations have thought highly of him. Arnold was a finalist for the Pittsburgh Irates GM job last summer. You know, if you watch the show, I don't say those are cuss words, kind of like squealers. So he said, Itzburg Irates. Uh, I got Johnny Amarez for the Phillies. He's a special assistant and scout uh, in scouting and player development. Now, um, those are the names that I got. I got it off Cincinnati.com. Those are all very cap capable guys. Uh, kinda, I kind of agree with Tim. I do think maybe we need some new blood in here and to shake things up, do something different. I, I, I've said this, we need a different philosophy. I know people, people said, you know, we need a different philosophy and stuff before. And that's when we brought crawl and, you know, uh, Dick Williams in, I, I am just not on the, that you have to do everything by the numbers and, 
it says this and you know you do that and uh get sweet lou <laughs> i think sweet lou is uh retired i think that's who you meant l i l i think i think you meant sweet lou there john correct me if i'm wrong but i think that's who you're talking about but um there is to my in my opinion we need a, a philosophy change just in the approach basically to hitting <laughs> to, to hitting and that's and people say, well, it was just this year. No, no. They did it last year, too. Last year, we swung for defenses. We hit more home runs than anybody else. We did it again this year, and they got us nothing. These teams, if you watch the playoffs, these teams are able to do both. And that's where you have to be. You can't be just one-sided. You know, you can't you can't get, you know, just swing for defenses and hope for the best. Because if that doesn't happen, you go 22 innings, Without scoring anything. Uh, John has another suggestion here. David Ortiz. Okay. I don't know if David Ortiz has any, um, has ever done anything other than play baseball. And now he's a commentator on TV. Uh, that is a new thing that they, they do get commentators and stuff to become uh, managers. But I'm not sure about uh, presidents or GMs. Uh, Tim's got some here. Need better scouting, drafting, and development at the minor league levels, find someone that can get this organization to follow the path of the Tweety birds. I agree with you. And that, well, well, we did that. That was what, um, not Dick Williams. Oh my goodness. What was the guy's name before? Uh, why can't I think of the GM before that? We got him. Walt Jockety. He came from St. Louis. That was, I thought the formula that we were supposed to follow then. Uh, and but I agree with you. I mean, I hate the Tweety Birds, but they go to the playoffs every year, and they uh, who do they have? They sign maybe one or two free agents, and they find pitching, and they can hit. And the thing is, they grind out a bats, and that's the biggest thing to me. The biggest problem with this team, and and they can do it because if you watch the end of the season when they won their five straight um, series, they were grinding out of bats and they were getting on base and they were scoring, not just by the home run. So it can be done. It's just, to me, it's a habit or a mind. I don't know what it is. There's something with this team, especially when I got to the playoffs. <laughs> I got on third base and like I, like I said last week, their nuts shriveled up and they couldn't freaking hit the ball. So... All right, John, now you're just throwing guys named Barry Bonds. We're not gonna they're not gonna hire Barry Bonds. <laughs> I mean, come on. Let's be I've got to try to get some serious, serious questions here. Barry Bonds would help them inject their inject them with steroids, and now they'd all hit 70 home runs. So I said, let's go down to listening. Yeah, Nick Crawl the Reds, Michael Hall of the Marlins. He's a president or president of baseball operations, Tim Naring and the Yankees. Matt Arnold of the Bruners and Johnny Amarez of the Phillies. So these are all the guys that are first coming out now. Um, like I said, personally, just uh, just because he's a Cincinnati boy, I say Tim Naring. But I do kind of like the idea of Michael Hall because the Florida Marlins, you know, it wasn't that long ago that they were tanking, you know, and they weren't doing anything. And it's not like they signed a lot of guys. And I know we got 16 teams made to play us, but they still made it, you know. So whatever he's doing down there, you know, it, it works. So that might be a, a good, a, a good guy to try. I mean, they got to try s something. I mean, 
And the other thing is, like, old, old okay, old time baseball. And I'm an old guy. I like, I, I, I like the Cassianos hitting second. It was cool. But if you got you got two guys like Shogo, and and um, oh my goodness, why can't I think of anybody's name now? The center fielder for the Reds. Um, <laughs> I'm drawing a blank. Anyway, you got those two guys. They're both leadoff hitters, you know, um, on-base guys. Old-time baseball, you need guys to get on base and get over so your mashers can knock them in. And to me, that and they can run, and that puts push pressure on the pitcher to start it off. You need to start off, I think, quick and get out there and score. Put pressure on the defense. Put pressure on the pitcher. We don't ever do that, you know. And if you get up there and you got two outs already, and then Vasi Vado's hitting 30, hits a solo shot, well, that's great. But it's almost like Chris Welch just said this before. It's almost a momentum killer. It's like, all right, we got one run. Senzel, thank you. Sheesh, why couldn't I think of Senzel's name? Thank you very much. <laughs> Whoever you are, Facebook user, <laughs> Senzel. But, yeah, if you put Senzel and, and uh, Shogo at the top of the lineup, that just, like you said, Start off the game. Get pressure. Get them on base. Get them running around the bases. Get something going. You know, just sit around and waiting for it to, I'd say, a three-run homer, but most of the time we hit solo shots. You know, so it's, to me, that's the philosophy that needs to change. And, and like, I'll give credit to, to Tim there. The Cardinals do that, and I hate the Tweety Birds, but that's what they do. You know, they have uh, yonder, yonder Molina, who I cannot stand, but. The man has worked his butt off and turned himself into a halfway decent hitter, and he will grind, grind, and grind out of bats, you know, and he'll get on base. And I'd say with Matt Carpenter and just different guys they've had throughout the years who drive us all nuts. But, you know, oh, Jeremy's getting into it. Now we're just, <laughs> we're just going to throw names out here. Jeremy's throwing it out there. Hey, Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah, okay, we'll make Ken Griffey Jr. the president of baseball operations. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I just, you know, there, in my opinion, there has to be a philosophy change, and we will definitely find out. Now, moving on to my second topic here. Joe freaking Burroughs press conference. I know it's very exciting, but he, he had some pretty interesting stuff, I think he said, uh, coming up against the Baltimore Ravens. And just, just, Bengals fans, just, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but the Bengals have typically done pretty good in Baltimore. I'm not saying we're going to go in there and win. And I always say, hey, I'm a half glass, a guy half glass full kind of guy. I think I said that right. <laughs> and I'm always optimistic. Okay. And if they can play like they did um, last week, they can win a lot of freaking games. And they can go into Baltimore and win. All right. Got a couple questions that Joe was asked. Uh, this asked him, is this the most talented team you will face this season? Meaning the Baltimore Ravens. This is me answering it. Yes. <laughs> it's going to be really hard. But uh, Joe says, I don't know. They're really, really good. They have really, really good players, and they're really well coached. It's going to be a challenge. You're not kidding. It's going to be a challenge. Well, you have – no, this is this was a good one. You have done just about everything except get the deep ball going and get that accomplished. What are you guys working on or how are you working on to get that done? Joe, the typical Joe fashion, said, we are about 90% completions on our underneath passes. We played a lot of good DBs. 
that haven't allowed us to take big shots over the top. So we are going to do a lot of different things on the field. Everything's on the table. I mean, they've taken shots, but really last week was really the first time Joe actually had time to take a shot downfield. You know, he wasn't running for his life. You know, so if that offensive line holds, we could. Now, Joe, it's hard. It's hard to be passing the uh, pass, no, excuse me. It's a hard to not go for it. You know, it's a hard for him to to check down and you know not and to be patient is basically what they're asking. And uh, Joe comes back and says, "We've been very successful in the last two two weeks." taking short shots and completion. So he said he's going to take what they're going to get. Now he's got, he said he got like a 90, 90% completion rate. Dude, he's got 300 yard, three straight 300 yard passing games. I mean, and that's without having any deep game whatsoever. Now, one this is one thing I, this was my favorite question of the whole thing. Uh, Joe Mixon, FedEx player of the week. And I said, what's it like having a guy like Joe on your side? Now this is cool. This is where this is where it gets you excited. This is this is I think I'm hoping this is where the Bengals mindset is. He said, "When Joe plays like that and the O line plays that like that, we're going to win a lot of games." So I'm just saying, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I don't know, and maybe it's a pipe dream. But if the offensive line can hold and get anywhere close to what they did last week against. The Jaguars do that against the Ravens. Joe's going to light them up because one thing Joe did say in his press conference, he said they're always asking about splitting up five wide or whatever. Why is he like that? He goes, "What makes them declare the defense?" He says, "It's easier." Well, the thing is, if we can spread them out wide and give Joe enough time, Joe's going to find somebody to get open. You know, I'm very confident in that. So it. It's, we say it every week. It's the offensive line. If the offensive line can hold, we're going to be really, really good. All right. Now, this is an interesting thing he kind of said in his press conference. Um, that him and Lamar Jackson got cut from the same Elite 11 camp, which is kind of surprising. They both got cut, and they're both playing in the NFL in the same division now. And this is a rivalry, I think, that it can happen and can can be one that we have for 10 years or more. I mean, I, I'm really looking forward to – I want to see these two go at it. I want That's what I really hope the offensive line holds. This could be a really, really fun game, or this could be a really bad game if the offensive line does not hold at all. So, anyway, that's my thoughts about the, the Bengals. There was another article that I posted on Bengals Nation. That's an interesting thing. Um, let's see here. Zach Taylor. I didn't get a chance to write anything about down about Zach Taylor's press conference because I had a lot of stuff going on. But I got this here. Um, okay, it says that Bengals are unfazed by AJ Green's quiet start. Now this is interesting. Green is second on the team in receptions and third in receiving yards. Now, did you guys know that? Because I sure as heck didn't. I didn't know he was second in receiving and second in, in, in yards. So that's that's a very interesting thing. I don't I don't uh 
I didn't know that. And <clears throat> another thing that somebody, um, I don't remember, somebody tweeted at me or messaged me on my show or something like that was an idea. And, and I never thought about this, but this is what the Cardinals have done with Larry Fitzgerald is why don't you try to put AJ in the slot? That's not a bad idea. Let's try to see how he does there. Cause I don't think either he's like you said, he's either injured or he just doesn't have it anymore or whatever. You know, I, I don't, I don't know what it is, but maybe trying him in the slot position could get him going. So I don't know. So yeah, a couple of things to talk about. Like I said, I saw, yeah, I brought it up yesterday's show about Ohio State and how they are ranked higher than University of Cincinnati. And like I said, Ohio State fans blew me up afterwards, which I said, you know, if you guys get on the show at five o'clock, we could have discussed it. But like I said, I getting back to that point. Again, I'm not talking, I am not in no way, no way saying UC is better than Ohio State. I, I <laughs> I'm not that big of a homer. I mean, we did play them last year, we got a butt kick. Um, I'm just don't understand, and this is for just not just Ohio State, it's Pac-10, Pac-12, or Big Ten, uh, Pac-12 teams of how you're ranked now when you haven't played. That's the biggest thing that I do not understand is how, what are they ranking them on? And some people say, oh, it's a preseason poll. Well, I understand. They had a preseason poll. That's preseason. That's that's before the season starts, people. The season started, you know, Pac-12, Big Ten decided they weren't going to play until January. And then they're like, oh, wait, you know, maybe we messed up. Maybe we're going to play. So we were, we reward them by, you know, put them, put them on the, I don't even know why they're ranked. You know, that that's the biggest thing to me. How, what are you ranking them on? Uh, you know, I don't understand. Keep the Bearcats under the radar motivation for them. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're honestly, they're really not under the radar. They're ranked 11th in the country. So, I mean, people know, know about them. And I mean, I'm, I'm not saying, I mean, there, if Ohio, if the Big Ten and Pac-12 didn't come back, there were people that were picking the Bearcats to get into the uh, Final Four for the uh, college football playoffs. That was when, you know, Pac-10 or Pac-12 and Big Ten weren't coming back. But now they're back. Well, not yet. They're coming back. So I understand that, you know, UC is probably, we're not, even if we go undefeated, we're not getting into the playoffs. And that's not my point. My point is, what are, what 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 are they ranking them on? What I'm not, that's my big thing. There you go, Jeremy. What's up, buddy? Uh, Buccaneer, Buccaneers, <laughs> Buckeyes, top four. Period. Who do you think you are? <laughs> uh, well, I'm Strawberry Ice. Um, Jeff Trenopol, I'm, I'm the guy we do shows with. You know, you're, you're on my show Monday. We're, you're gonna be on my show Friday. You and Mike. You know, that's me. Hi, remember? <laughs> well, I mean, Jeremy. Seriously, I mean, we, we, I don't. What are they ranking them on? That's the thing. And it, it, it irritates me because it's like, well, you know, what are you going to, you, you got to get them ranked in now so they can move up. It's like, not really. I mean, keep them out, let them play a game and then rank them. <laughs> then yeah, you can jump them up. I mean, I wish, it's going to happen anyway. So, I mean, I understand that. I just, I just don't get why they're ranked ahead of the Bearcats now or ahead of anybody. Why are they even ranked? What did you look at? What could you, what film did you watch of the 2020 season? You couldn't even watch spring ball. They didn't do that. <laughs> you couldn't watch anything. There's nothing to watch. 
for any Big Ten team to rank them. That's it. You're basing it on, you know, because you think they're better, which I agree with you. They're probably better. But at least don't rank them until they start playing. That's all I'm saying. All I'm saying. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. You got to be able to, you know, produce something. You know. So what, what do you guys think? It. I got six people watching. You guys, uh, I got I got a big crowd today. What do you guys think about the Dick Williams stepping out? You think it's a good move, bad move? I mean, I, I just think it's kind of curious, you know, because because <laughs> he, he oh, I was like, Jeremy's got something here. I got to say this here. Uh, wait, put that back up here. <laughs> Bearcats are playing high school cheerleaders. Whatever, dude. <laughs> Uh, all right, we got there. Question: Who you who you nominate? I got to hold it all. Oh, nominate Pete Rose for president. Of yeah, that'll be kind of hard. <laughs> He's banned from baseball. We can't nominate him. <laughs> we could nominate the guys that I said on the list. You know, <laughs> those are those are ones that uh that are rumored. You know, are like high on everybody's list. I don't even know if they even talk to any of these guys. But at least they got Nick Crawl, who's already in there. Michael Hall, Tim Naring. Matt Arnold and Johnny Almaraz. I mean, th- these are guys, and, and the guy for the Brewer, Brewers, Matt Arnold, he almost, or, or he was in the final running for the uh, Itsburg Pirates, Itsburg Irates. Sorry, excuse me, I cussed on my own show. Itsburg Irates, uh, GM, our president job. So, he, he, you know, when you get that close, he's a guy that you probably should really take a look at and, and consider. And I know, like I said, I said we could move Nick Crawl up to president and GM because Dick Williams did that for a while. But I said one of the other uh, viewers on here, uh, Tim, said that we need somebody out from the outside. And I, I, like I said, I agree with that. I really do think we need somebody from the outside. I mean, like I said, my heartstrings would say Tim Naring. He's a sensey boy, you know. But that's one thing I kind of liked about David Bell being a Cincinnati guy, knowing the Reds tradition and yada, yada, yada. And Right now, I'm not so sold on David Bell as the manager. I mean, just to me, he, like last year, seemed like he played every game like game seven of the World Series. And then this year, he kind of backed like way off. I mean, he got thrown out of how many games last year? I know we only had 60 games this year. (laughs) We got thrown out of how many games last year? And... He has a way better team this year. And just if you can't, and people are like, oh, these are, you know, professional baseball players. They shouldn't be, shouldn't need to be motivated. If you're playing every day, just say 162 games. And this year you had to play 60 games where you couldn't do anything else. I mean, you couldn't, they couldn't leave the hotel. You would go from your home to the park, back home, from the hotel to the park, back to the hotel. That's it. They really, you we're not supposed to go anywhere else. So that's a grind in itself. You can't see your family. You can't see your friends. You can't go out and just do something to get away from baseball. And to me, that's where a manager really should have done something to try to take the pressure off the monotony. Yeah, I know. They're playing baseball. They're playing a kid's game. But, dude, if you're doing it day in, day out, day after day after day, it's it's going to get to you. You gotta you gotta do something to try to break it up, or or try to light a fire under their butt. And like I said, the one move that David Bell did that I will give him credit for, and I think it was a big move. He sat Joey Votto down for three days, and once he did that, 
Votto either calmed down, got pissed off, something, but it worked. Votto started hitting better. And then once he started going, then eventually the rest of the team got going. So that was something. But it's like it's like they went to the playoffs and they forgot everything they did that got them there. You know, it's just – and it's kind of like, – that's one thing that always drive me nuts about Dusty Baker. Dusty Baker but like, oh, you know, we we got to stay calm. It's the playoffs, you know, and you got to take it just like another game. Like, no, it's the playoffs. You don't – this is not a regular season game. There's pressure, you know. You got to score. You, David Bell, you got to coach like you want to win it, you know. And and honestly, the way David Bell managed, I don't think he could have done anything differently. It's just the whole culture of of the of the team and uh, and how at times you just they just could not get out of that rut. Once they got in a certain rut, they couldn't get out of it, you know. And and that's a big deal in baseball because. You baseball is full of streaks, you know, and you are going to fail way more times than you're going to succeed. So that's where guys need help and need motivation and need. I mean, Michael Jordan, one of the greatest basketball players there, my favorite basketball player of all time, would use anything to motivate motivate himself to make him hate that person to beat them, and that's what great players have to do. And and Sometimes players don't have it. Sometimes they need a manager to help them do that. Sometimes they need a hitting coach to help them do it. You know, sometimes they need something. So when Dick Williams comes out and says, you know, I think we're going to keep the coaching staff the same, I'm like, really? I mean, I, I mean, I know we paid a lot of money and our hitting coach is supposed to be really well, and I'm not blaming him, but if you're not going to fire David Bell, you got to change something. You know, and really the only thing, only position that they really, I think, need to upgrade is shortstop. That's really it and everywhere else we've got really good players yes they didn't they didn't score but they're really good players so i don't i don't that's where i'm like what can you change you can't i don't think you should change the players because they're they're good players they've they've done it before there's something there that's missing you know i, I put it to you this way all right in the 80s the reds finished four years in a row second and uh, then P. Rose had the scandal and everything, 89, and everything went downhill. 1990, they had basically the same team. I mean, you flip John Franco for Randy Myers and Billy Hatcher. Yeah, that's about it. I mean, it's the same team they had basically from 87 to 88. Eh, maybe, eh, maybe 88 to 90. It's basically the same team. The biggest difference was the manager. And he was a crazy, fiery summer gun. <laughs> and I loved him to death. And, yeah, he would do some crazy stuff and throw bases and do all this. And I'm not saying you have to do that, but it's not necessarily the antics in public. It's the stuff he did behind, you know, the scenes, in the clubhouse, different things that they do. Like, you know, John Madden or Joe Madden for the Cubs, or it was with the Cubs. You know, he has these stupid things where they, they wear pajamas or whatever. They go on, you know, road trips, just stuff like that. And it just, to me, it seems, I don't know David Bell from a hole in the wall, but every time I've ever seen him do an interview, it's like, yes, well, we have to, uh, you know, get better and that we're, we're going to hit. And, you know, if that's the way he is, dude, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be very motivated to play, you know?
Uh, let's see here. Jenna, when the baseball operations presidents come in, he will clean house. Ah, uh, you mean like the managers and everybody? That is, if he is, that's a possibility if uh, they get somebody from the outside. Yeah, I could see him wanting to bring his own people in. Um, So that is a possibility that that could happen. If you get, you know, one of these guys from outside, yeah, they could get rid of everybody and get, you know, uh, a whole new a new GM, new coaching staff and everything. And, I, and maybe that's what needs to happen, you know, because – you know, Dick Williams and Nick Crawl have been here for a couple of years, and this really is the only year that we've really had a chance. Actually, not a chance. We did. We made the playoffs. This is really the only year that we've had that. So, and like I said, I don't think it's – the players aren't bad. they got good players. There's just something there that just does not click. You know, and I don't know what it is, but I'm just comparing it to stuff that I've seen all the years of watching baseball. I mean, another thing the Reds did, you know, I love Tony Perez and I hated when they fired him. It was terrible, but they got through a awful start, awful start in 93. Uh, They fired Tony Perez, which I think was terrible, but David Johnson came in. They were so far back. They couldn't catch anybody. And you only had, I, we only had the, the, the 93. We didn't have the, the, multiple divisions and stuff. I think we're still in the West end. So you had to win your, the National League West end. We we're so far behind. We couldn't catch, but the Reds played better, you know? So, so those are things, you know, you got to shake them, shake them up, you know? Yeah. That's what you mean. Right. Yeah. And it, it could happen. I, and, and like I said, maybe that's what they need. Maybe they need, I mean, like Tim said earlier, they need an outside guy, maybe the outside guy and bring all new people in from the GM to the coaching staff to everything. But if you do that, we might lose Trevor Bauer because he really likes our pitching coach. So that one I might want to keep just so we keep Trevor Bauer. And the way our pitching staff pitched, I'd keep him. <laughs> you know, that would be the one I would not get rid of. <laughs> our pitching, our pitching coach, try to keep Trevor Bauer. And you know, everybody else, you, yeah, you could blow out. I'm not, I seriously doubt to blow everybody out, but it could happen. Um, the Reds. I'm trying to think last last time I remember them blowing everybody out was Jim Bowden when he finally they finally got rid of him. And that was 2003 or something. I don't remember. But yeah, that was the last time when I think then they blew him out and got the uh, manager out. And yeah, that was the, that was the last time I remember anything like that happening. So, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see who the Reds get and what they do in this offseason because we got a lot of stuff Going on, and they got to make a decision quickly, I think, because you got free agents. Free agency started uh, first week of November. Nick Castellanos, Nick Cablastos, hopefully will stay, but he could opt out and could be a free agent. Trevor Hour is the biggest, he's going to be the biggest free agent in baseball, I think. I mean, he, by, by my account, he should be the NL Cy Young Award winner. He had the best season I've ever seen for a Reds pitcher. Hopefully, the Reds can sign him. But you never know. He said some stuff where he he likes it here. He has fun here. Fun here. He wants to stay here. But we've heard it before. <laughs> I mean, Brian Kelly said he liked Cincinnati. Wanted to stay and left. So I mean, I hope he does stay. I do think Trevor is a different kind of dude. Dude, I don't think he's completely in it for the money. Um, I mean, obviously everybody's in it for the money, but I don't think he's 
going to try to get the maximum amount of money. I think he wants to be somewhere where he's comfortable. He likes the pitching coach. He likes the area. He likes his teammates. And so far, Reds have got uh, a leg up on other teams as far as that goes. But that's my point, though. Yeah, they got to figure out what they're going to do. They got to get a new president in and either keep everything the same, blow everybody out, you know, get it going here. And this needs to happen before free agency. So it's kind of good that Dick Williams did this now because he's got a couple weeks before free agency starts. So it's going to be an interesting offseason. Like I said, it's, and I don't really see them changing much players on the field. I think it's more of trying to keep guys that we had. We got to address the shortstop situation, as I said before. Um, so that is one big key, uh, that the position that they need to address. So anyway, I'm going to get to the Facebook groups that I help run. I invite you guys to come and join. They are Bengals Nation, Bearcats Country, Reds Country, and Cyclones Country. And do me a favor, follow me on all my social media platforms. They're all under Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you haven't got the didn't get, didn't get a chance to watch the show live, I will put it up on the podcast later on tonight. You guys can check it out. Do me a favor, give me a five-star review. I would greatly appreciate that. YouTubers, we're doing awesome. I keep adding people. I'm at 659 subscribers. I greatly appreciate all you guys. So just keep telling everybody about, about me. Like, subscribe, share. Friday, we're going to do a Bengals-Ravens preview show. I'll bring my boys, Jeremy and Mike in. So it should be a good show. I hope you guys can join us. And other than that, I'm about to end my show. And I got to get the banner up there. or It just doesn't work, you know? Everybody likes my music. <laughs> other than that, that's your sports, baby. See you guys. Mm-hmm.